Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Today is the beginning of the fast of the Nativity. And this is a beautiful, beautiful season in the church because it's the time of year where we are preparing for the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're preparing for Jesus to come and to dwell with us and for Emmanuel, God, to be with us. And this season in the church is really a glorious season because you can see that the church is trying to prepare all of our hearts for what we are about to receive or who we are about to receive. The church is trying to give us certain messages that are moving us in the direction of being able to have a heart that is open, a heart that is willing, and a heart that is committed. See, the thing I think for many of us is if I were to ask you all, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? I think every single person would say, Abuna, we're here. Like, we're here. We're here on Sunday. We're here at church right now. And obviously, like, yeah, like, we're disciples. But when you take your life and you compare it to this gospel today, how do you line up? Honestly, confession, public confession. Like, when I was reading this, I kept thinking to myself, I'm not sure that I am truly a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not sure that there aren't things that take priority in my life over God. He starts off by saying this passage is very, very powerful and very challenging. And I think the easy thing for us to do is, well, what did Jesus really mean? The easy thing for us is to try to take the message that is pretty strong and pretty difficult for us to read and say, well, he actually meant this. And I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to read the text today. And I want each of us to look within our own hearts and to say, okay, where do I line up? If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now many people will say, well, Abuna, what does the word hate mean? Does it mean to hate as in the language that we use, I hate you and I really dislike someone? The important thing for us to know is that l biblically, language is a bit different than linguistic language. Meaning, what is the opposite of hatred in the Bible? You would say love, right? Like in our mind, we'd say the opposite of hatred is love. But you see that when St. John writes in his epistle, he says, perfect love casts out all fear. So the opposite of love is fear, right? Biblically, the opposite of hatred is what? Worship, worship. And what is worship? What takes priority in my heart? Ask yourself, what of these relationships that are presented here today do they have priority in your heart? Are they what take most of your thought processes? 
Think about your mother. Think about your father. Do you love them more than me? Do you put them up on a pedestal more than me? Think about your children. Think about your brothers and your sisters. Do you elevate them more than me? Do you put them in a place more than me? Because if you do, I'm not willing to be number two. I'm not willing to be number two. You say you're my disciple. You say that you love me. You say that you come here and you want to be part of my flock. But how can you put anything else above me? How can you worship anything else more than me? Or any person more than me? And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. We think that being a follower of Christ is comfortable. It requires nothing of me. It requires me to come to church on Sunday to listen to a sermon, to maybe give a little bit of a tithe from time to time, for me to, uh, you know, do some nice things. He says, no, you got to carry your cross. You want to be my disciple? You have to do what I do. You have to do what I did. You have to follow me. And what did I do? I emptied myself. I want you guys to think about this for a second. The fast begins today. The story of salvation begins today. And the question that I want you to think about is God humbled himself so much to the point of an embryo. For nine months, he was in a womb being formed. Can you imagine that? Like the God of the universe, the God who holds the universe in his hands, humbled himself to be in the womb of a woman and to be formed into cells and to grow as cells. This is the medical part of me. Grow as cells and for nine months to be silent in the womb of St. Mary. For what? Did he not forsake all, forsake everything for your sake? Was he not the one who emptied himself and became a slave for our sake? What can I render to you, Lord? What's the little that I could offer to you? Should anything take priority in my heart over you? Should anything take my devotion more than you? Should I not carry a cross and follow in your footsteps like you? Abuna, I'm not into the fasting stuff. Abuna, fasting, I'll wait another three, four weeks before I fast. Why do we fast? Is it because we want to just change our diet? Is it because we want to replace the McDonald's chicken nuggets with Boca chicken nuggets? Is it because we want to replace the Boca burgers with, you know, some, some fool and tamaya? Like, what's the point? Does God care about our diet? If I don't learn to discipline my body with food, how can I discipline myself with the passions? How can I crucify my desires? How can I fight against the wars that war within me, my anger, my, 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 the sin of lust, my pride, my selfishness. If I can't learn to say no to a cheeseburger, how can I discipline my flesh and be in loving union with God in the way that he desires? See, fasting is the little that we offer God. Fasting is the emptying of ourselves, the hungering and the thirsting for righteousness so that we can be filled with him. 
I think the easy thing for all of us is to say, you know what, today I'm going home, I'm gonna clean out my fridge, I'm gonna empty out, I'm gonna replace it all with the vegan stuff. That's great, that's what the church calls us to do. But what else are you gonna do this fast? Are you gonna increase your Bible reading? Are you gonna increase your prayer? Are you gonna increase your devotion to him? Are you gonna try to control your tongue a bit? Maybe the last period of time I've been yelling at my kids, cursing at them, yelling at my husband. Maybe in the last period of time I've been very selfish. Maybe in the last period of time I've been watching things that I shouldn't be watching. This is the season where the church is asking, empty yourself. Empty yourself in order to be filled with him. And in being filled with him, the cost of discipleship actually is high. But what's the opposite of the cost of the disciple? What's the cost of not being his disciple? What's the cost of not being his disciple? More anger, more selfishness, more pride, more bitterness, more grudges in our heart, more lack of forgiveness. Being a disciple of Jesus Christ makes us stand face to face with truth, makes us stand face to face with the one who shows us where our shortcomings lie, but never leaves us in those shortcomings. He never tells us, hey, so-and-so, you're messed up, and stay that way. He says, come to me all who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That was the gospel reading from Vespers last night. My yoke is sweet and my burden is light. That with me, I can help you overcome whatever you're going through. With me, you have anger against your spouse, I can help you through that. With me, you have a bit bitterness towards a friend or a sister, I can help you with that. With me, if you're struggling with being selfish and you don't like to give, even though God has given you an abundance, I can help you with that. I can show you when you stand face to face with me how much I've given, how much I've forgiven, how much I have cast your transgressions as far as the east is from the west. See, which of you intending to build a tower does not first count the cost? How many of us have counted the cost of being a disciple? Or is Jesus just a stamp? You know, like when you're a little kid, if you do a good thing, we give you a little sticker. You know, any of the teachers, my kids always come back home with stickers. Some days they don't come back with stickers, and they say, why don't you get a sticker? They say, oh, we didn't take a nap today. We didn't listen. The sticker indicates whether or not I did the right thing. I feel like sometimes we like to put stickers on ourselves. You say, ah, I'm fasting. Ah, I come to church on Sunday. But what's happening behind the scenes? The way that your relationships with one another, what do they look like? How is your relationship with the people that you serve with? How is your relationship with your children? My beloved, if you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, we must walk as he walked. We must follow in his footsteps. Lest after he has laid down the foundation and he's not able to finish it, all who see it begin to mock him, saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. He's saying, 
The fast is beginning today. The season is beginning today. Count the cost. Evaluate yourself. Take this period of time in the liturgy and think to yourself, what vice What vice am I living in that I want to let go during this next 43 days? And what virtue what, what virtue do I want to take from him in order for me to be able to walk away different? We don't want to go in one way and come out a different way. We want to be different people from the moment that we enter into this fast because our hearts are desiring to be filled with him and walking away with desire to be satisfied by him. I pray that every single one of us, we take the last verse of this gospel, and we, 34, and we really, 34 and 35, we really think and evaluate. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its flavor, how will it be seasoned? It's neither fit for the land nor for the dunghill, but men throw it out. He who has ears, let him hear. How can salt lose saltiness? by not doing what it's supposed to do. What was men, what were we created to do? We were created to worship. We were created to be in loving union with God. We were created to be in his image and likeness. We were created to be co-creators with him, to go out and to contribute to the world and bring glory to his name through our lives. We lose our saltiness by not doing what we ought to do. And I don't want this sermon to be a sermon of me telling you you're not doing the right thing and you ought to change. I'm saying this for me. Me. 43 days are coming up of boot camp. Boot camp. 43 days to discipline your bodies, to bring them into subjection, to pray, to fast, to be in loving union, to increase your Bible reading, to increase your... Why? Because I want to be in relationship with you, God because you humbled yourself so much for my sake, and what little can I offer to you that isn't rightfully yours to begin with? See, my prayer is not that we just take these messages and they go through one ear and out the other. My prayer is that we take the next 43 days and we say, you know what, Lord, I wanna be your disciple. I don't wanna be your disciple with a sticker. I don't wanna be your disciple with just something that I say. I wanna be your disciple by the way that I live. I wanna be your disciple with the way that I interact with my neighbors, my co-workers, my friends, my family. I want to be your disciple by living a life that points to you. I want to be your disciple that is filled with flavor. So that when people see the flavor that I live with, they say, yeah, I want that kind of flavor in my food. I want that kind of flavor in my life. I want that person to be my friend. Because in the end, the opposite of being his disciple costs eternity. The opposite of being his disciple costs us our eternity being in loving union with the one who sacrificed everything for my sake. Now, sometimes we think about the ends, but we don't live, think about the present. I don't want to miss one more day apart from Jesus. I don't want to miss one more second apart from Jesus. That's the mindset that we need to have. I don't want one second apart from you, Lord. So I am preparing myself, preparing my heart in this next season to be filled with you in order for me to go and to transform the world around me and to be an icon and to be salt 
and to be, live a flavorful life. May God give us grace this season, the season of the incarnation, the season of the nativity, to be like him in every way, to follow him, to carry our cross, and to deny ourselves this day and every day. Glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.